Welcome to the Money Rules Podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Weidumelon Tsoko. Trust can be powerful tools for managing your assets and protecting your wealth for future generations. However, establishing a trust can be complex and requires careful consideration. We're joined by Eric Jadon, a certified financial planner at Crew Invest, to guide us through the subject. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, Jimmy. To start, can you please explain why someone might consider establishing a trust? Certainly. So establishing a trust, it is very important at the outset to be clear about what your objectives are with those trusts. Because a trust can play many different roles within an estate plan. Some of the reasons why we'd want to set up a trust, as an example, is to try and protect assets potentially from beneficiaries who are not capable of managing those assets themselves. It can also be for reasons of protecting your personal assets from potentially business assets and creditors. It could also be to to make sure that assets are protected for future generations. So that, as you can hear, there's many different types of reasons other than the well-known reasons for managing estate costs um, in the event of a death. Uh, can you please walk us through the different types of trusts that are available? Sure. So once you understand what your objective for the trust is, it then makes choosing the type of trust that's appropriate for you a lot easier. So as an example, you could have a, a testamentary trust, which is a trust that's set up in your wall, and that will specifically or typically be used for beneficiaries who receive um, inheritance from you but are not in a position to manage those assets by themselves. From an estate planning point of view, there's also other reasons, and then you would be looking at what people call an intervivos or living trust, and typically there you would be either looking between either a vesting trust, in which instance a beneficiary of that trust gets a direct vested interest in either the capital and the income of the trust, or a discretionary trust, in which instance trustees of the trust can determine which of the beneficiaries benefit from the trust and in which proportions. And let's go through the step-by-step process of setting up a trust. What would be the first step individuals need to take? So a trust really starts off by setting up the trust deed because that's the document that actually provides the life to a trust. So it's important to, first of all, determine what the purpose of the trust is, and then the next step would be to determine what the the trust deed needs to look like because all the rights and obligations of a trust is must be clearly set out within that trust deed. So once the trust deed has been has been set up, you can then take the next step of actually determining um, who the trustees of the trust needs to be, who the beneficiaries of them needs to be, and then you can go into the formal process of actually registering the trust with the master of the high court. How does one choose the appropriate type of trust? Yes, so the appropriate type of trust has a lot to do with what your original objective of the trust needs to be. So looking at that in terms of who the beneficiaries needs to be and what your ultimate purpose of the trust is, you then need to, to select either whether these beneficiaries must have a vested right to the assets of the trust, in which instance you would look at setting up a vested or bevent trust, it's also known as, or where you want to have more of an estate planning purpose to the trust and determining how to allocate income or capital to different beneficiaries, you would then rather go and use a, a discretionary trust for that specific purpose. 
What factors should an individual consider when determining which assets to transfer into the trust and how to facilitate that transfer? Yes, so clearly identifying which assets need to be transferred is an important role and, and, and that needs to determine what, what the purpose of the trust is going to be. Typically, in an estate planning environment, you would want to look at what your growth assets would be. You know, the assets that you foresee would, would grow in value into the future. Uh, and therefore, you would want to transfer those assets out of your personal estate uh, into the trust in order to, to save on estate costs, etc. So once you've identified what the type of assets are that you want to transfer into the trust, the next step would be what are the mechanisms of transferring those assets into it. So those can either be by donating the assets to the trust, in which instance you need to consider the donation tax implications of, or alternatively whether a sale of the asset needs to happen to the trust and what then the terms of the sale would be. Typically, a sale of the asset to a trust would go along with setting up a loan account, which the trust then owes the, uh, the purchase price sold to, to the individual who sold the asset to the trust. And what should individuals keep in mind when selecting trustees? Yes, so selecting trustees is a very important aspect because those are the individuals ultimately who would have the decision-making process um, or, or powers within the trust, and they are vested with what they call fiduciary duties. So they need to look after those trust assets as if it is their own assets and make the best possible decisions with those. Also, what you need to think about is the practical implications, so i.e. where these uh, trustees are, are, are living, how easily they would be able to communicate with each other, and then further also practical impl- decisions like um, having uh, more than two or three trustees in order to for decision-making uh, to be made easier. Um, and then also where there are Typically, these days, the master would require what they'll call an independent trustee to also be appointed to the trust. So looking at who that person could be, uh, as well as what the cost implications of appointing such a trustee would be. Eric, just staying on trustees, are there fees that are attached to having trustees for the, the trust? Yes, there are definitely, especially where there's independent trustees that you do appoint. Uh, there are certain guidelines in terms of how those uh, fees can be charged. So that's a definite consideration to take into account when appointing trustees, especially with, with the amount of responsibility uh, that is uh, laid on the trustee. It's very reasonable for that trustee to, to, to insist on, on charging a fee because uh, discharging the duties as a trustee uh, has become a considerate uh, amount of, of effort that we need to go into um, discharging those duties. Moving on to beneficiaries, how does the type of trust impact their rights? Yes, so from a beneficiary's point of view, you could either be uh, whether you're a beneficiary of a discretionary trust, in which instance you only have an, have a what they would call a hope or space of receiving a benefit from the trust. So in that instance, the trustees would make a decision whether or not you would receive a benefit, i.e. either income from the trust or part of the capital distribution from the trust. So the beneficiary in that instance has no vested right to receive a benefit. Should you have a vested trust, in that instance, the trust document would determine as an example, that all income from the trust assets must be distributed to, to the beneficiaries. 
and the trustee in that instance can also determine in what proportion uh, the beneficiaries need to share in, in the distribution of that uh, income or capital from the trust. What factors should individuals consider when naming beneficiaries? Yes, when naming beneficiaries, you, you always need to determine when you're drafting the trustee that those beneficiaries need to be very clearly identified and determine who those beneficiaries needs to be, whether it is a specific uh, individual or class of individuals, it's very important for the trustee to be very clear in terms of how to identify the beneficiaries and what the purpose of the trust is and how benefits should be distributed to those beneficiaries. Earlier on, you touched on drafting a trust deed. Could you please tell us what that involves? Yes, so a trust deed is, is, is really what creates uh, the structure of a trust. So that is the contract in which the, the, the founder of the trust comes into, uh, enters into with the trustees. And, and that contract says that the trustees need to manage whatever assets there are in the trust for the benefit of specific beneficiaries. So nothing can happen with the trust or with trust assets that is not either authorized by the, by the trust deed or specifically um, empowers the trustees um, to do. The trust deed then also sets out what the processes would be for managing the trust. In other words, how the trust, trustees should um, conduct their meetings, how many meetings there should be, how voting can be, can be done within trustee meetings, if there are any veto rights for a specific trustee, and how any deadlocks in a, in a trust um, should be dealt with. Eric, why must an experienced fiduciary expert handle this task of drafting a trust deed? As you could imagine, setting up a trust is, is quite a complex uh, matter to undertake. And an experienced um, person in, in, set, in drafting of trust deeds is a lot better to ensure that what's your ultimate purpose of the trust is, is given effect to within that trust deed. Because if, if it's not contained within the trust deed, um, that that aspect could not be given effect to. So it's quite important that you use someone who's highly experienced in, in drafting of trust trust deeds and also makes provision within those trust deeds for things like um, potentially if in the future you would like to amend the trust deed, that there are structures and mechanisms um, made provision for in the trust deed that, by which that can be done. Eric, could you also just walk us through the requirements for registering a trust and what the process is? Sure. So a trust needs to be registered by in the master's office, and that is typically in the master's office in the jurisdiction in which the the greatest proportion of the trust assets are, are kept. So the process of doing that is that you would need to um, approach the master of the high court. They would therefore have to complete uh, specific trust registration forms you would need to provide the, a specific the signed trust deeds that's been done by the founder as uh, and set up. With that, you also need to then submit a form in terms of which the initial trustees accept the, their duties as trustees and are willing to, to discharge those duties. And there's also then indicating in terms of who the beneficiaries of the trust needs to be and that then all gets filed within with the master's office. Once you've filed the, that application form, the master's office then reviews it, and then if they're satisfied, will then grant the, a trust registration number. 
which is then issued along with letters of authority, which is a document that provides uh, the authority to the trustees to act as the um, as such for this for the trust. Eric, there's been much talk about additional reporting requirements for trusts and trustees. Could you tell us more about that and how this may impact someone looking to establish a trust? Yes. So in this year, in, in April of this year, new legislation came out, especially on the back of the grey listing that was placed on South Africa towards the end of last year. And what these amendments legislation uh, tries to do is to give better control over over the over funds that flow through trust because trust traditionally has been seen as one of the vehicles through which money laundering typically uh, could could be done so the legislation now places a lot higher obligations on trustees in terms of how they need to provide and report transactions uh, either to SARS or, um, or to the financial um, intelligence center so trustees have been placed with a lot higher obligation now, specifically on the reporting side on any transactions that happen within a trust. Further to that, they also now need to determine who the ultimate beneficial owners or beneficial owners of the assets of the trust are, and those need to be reported as well. And, and that could be quite onerous to uh, task to undertake, especially where there's a class of beneficiaries and ultimately um, you would need to, to determine who the ultimate beneficial owner of the actual assets of the trust is. Are there any tax implications for having a trust? Yes, from a tax implications perspective, a trust is taxed as a separate individual entity and there's a, a, a flat tax rate of 45% on any income that is generated via a trust. And then also from a capital gains tax perspective, um, there's an 80% inclusion rate on, on any capital gain within a trust within its taxable um, income. So from a tax perspective, it is, could, could be quite onerous to, 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 to leave any income or capital gain within a trust. And therefore, a lot of times beneficiaries, um, those income or capital gains will be vested within the, within the beneficiaries to try and alleviate the tax burden of the trust because any income or, or, or capital that's vested within the beneficiary of a specific tax year, that res- tax responsibility could then be divested down to the beneficiaries as a, at a lot lower tax rate as opposed to the more onerous tax rate of a trust. Are there any final insights or recommendations you'd like to share with our listeners regarding establishing a trust? Yes, I think from... If should you consider establishing a trust, you need to be very clear about what exactly those objectives are and how you would want to go about managing the trust, um, especially um, with the latest legislation that's been uh, that's come on board. It, it's become more and more onerous to administer a trust. And if you're not willing to, to, to put in the effort to administer the trust in, on, in a proper way, uh, it's best to to avoid um, going the trust route. So, just just understand that once you should you do decide to go the trust route, you need to put in the effort to to run the trust uh, and to ensure that all the administrative requirements of running the trust is is, is well looked after. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode and sharing these valuable insights, Eric. 
Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity again. Much appreciated. That was Eric Jordan, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules Podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Money Rules. MoneyWeb, Money. your trusted source for business and investment insights.